I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher at UNC in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is DJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man. Hey. We are talking about a topic today. That has been on our minds for two years. Yeah. In fact, brother, it's time to celebrate something. Okay. Speaking of two years. What's two years? We have passed our two-year anniversary on the microphones. Hooray. It's been two years. I mean, we have to count the gas leak year, I guess. (laughs) It it still counts as a year. Yeah, that's true. Until it's expunged from the history books. (laughs) Which won't happen in our lifetime, so... I'll go back and listen to early shows, and one that I am, uh, I get through them just clean. I'm just uh-huh. like, these are really great, nothing mm-hmm. to improve here. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I do not believe that for a second. I always think, listening back to old shows, we are going so slow. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. Fly through that intro. I'm, just, I'm, I'm cooking on that intro. It's time to go. So real early on, as our first set of guests, we had the fantastic Erica Jobes and Jessica Yarborough on, who, by the way, just had a baby. Yay. So congratulations to you, ladies. Congratulations. Can't wait to meet little Charlie. Welcome, little Charlie. And so many congratulations to our good friends. They, by the way, uh, run the Real Enneagram podcast, if you ever want to see their work with Dr. Howell, yep. uh, Joseph Howell. This episode didn't get released because, well, for a handful of reasons, mostly it's self-criticism on my part, but (laughs) the topic was really great. (laughs) I learned so much. I think it was the case that you and I wanted to sit on this topic for a little while. Yeah. Uh, They came on, Erica's Nate, Jessica's two, we sat down to record. I thought I had a really clever question for the two of them, which is, Tell me something I don't know about the Enneagram. I thought this was great. Erica being the eight came back at us and said, how the hell do I know what you don't know about the Enneagram? (laughs) Perfect. Yes. Yes. Ah, the flaw in the plan. (laughs) Which uh, she has a point. But this is what she came with. Right. So it's very common to talk about our stances. Uh, A lot of people have done great work on this. Right. There actually isn't a ton of material on orientation to time out there in the uh, Enneagram literature and and podcasts and the the world of Enneagram teaching. Uh, Suzanne Stabile has some great stuff that about orientation of time, but it's all specifically focused on stance. Yep. So orientation to time. Here's going to be the big metaphor for us. By the way, this is around the circle. What we do here is we pick a topic, go around the circle. Today, we're talking about the orientation to time. And the way that we're going to think about this is our orientation to time is like breathing. You take in the world through your primary center, through your intelligence center, 
and you breathe out into the world through your stance. That's going to be common language we're going to keep coming back to. So kind of get this in your head. Mm -hmm. I'm taking in the world for eights, nines, and ones. Well, how does this work? Eights, nines, and ones take in the world how? So eights, nines, and ones are uh, their primary intelligence center is the body. And their, their primary basic need is for control or autonomy. And all of us, eights, nines, and ones, are the, the, the primary way that we sort of take in the world, that we breathe in through our body, through the present moment. Like all of the information coming to us is about what's happening right now. It's going to be different from tooths threes and fours who are going to take in the world through their heart, but this is going to have an orientation to time with it. Can you talk about that? Right. So the orientation for the heart is about the past. It's about how relationships have gone. Uh, how have we related to each other to get us to where we are? So all of the information for twos, threes, and fours comes in from the past. And lastly is the five, six, sevens who in the head triad are taking the world in through their head. But this also has an orientation. Yeah, and that is about the future. Four, five, sixes, and sevens are all planning, thinking about like the information that comes to them is about the future. And the fear that sort of dominates them, their, their basic desire for security is about the fears that they experience of potential futures. All of the types are going to describe having an underlying feeling. For eights, nines, and ones, the feeling is anger. And for uh, twos, threes, and fours, the feeling is shame. And for five, sixes, and sevens, the feeling is fear. You will notice very quickly that these all have a temporal side to them. Right. These are emotions locked in either the past, present, or future. Right. Like anger happens about things that are happening right now, things that you're experiencing, things that, that you go through. When you spend time in anger about the past, that changes. It becomes resentment. It becomes uh, sometimes shame. It becomes other things that are, that are not necessarily about what's happening right now. Anger is about right now. Shame or even relational anxiety, like that, that, that underlying presence in the heart center is about the past. It's about how relationships have gone wrong. It's about uh, the things that I've done to upset other people, the things that other people have done to upset me. It's about how I have felt about my experiences in the past. Shame is, a, is a naturally a past experience. You might feel embarrassment about right now, but when shame comes in, it's, a, it's about remembering what happened. And then fear, like I said, is, is about the future. You don't fear things that are happening right now. You don't fear things that happened in the past because they already happened. You fear what might come. And that's always about the future. We commonly talk about the Enneagram as a set of glasses. It might be worth imagining that each of us have, say, a mask. I don't know if you could imagine everybody in the country having to wear a mask, but just say you could. <laughs> and imagine that you are breathing in through a certain type of mask. And there's only three types of masks. And one of them filters everything that comes into the mind, heart, self through the mask that is the past. I'm filtering everything that I experience through this 
past-orientedness. And oftentimes, that's why the heart triad ends up having that tinge of shame. It's where have relationships gone wrong in the past, and how is that informing the experience that's coming my way, yeah? Right. Secondarily, the head triad is going to be filtering everything through the future. The future is always a place of anxiety. What might happen? And so I'm experiencing the here and now, but it is filtered through the mask that is the future. And I'm breathing in reality around me through a future orientation. Right. The interesting thing, and we, we're going to need to unpack this, eights, nines, and ones are going to, in taking in the present moment, are going to resist it, and that is their filter. There is something about the present that they are pushing up against, and we'll talk about resistance there. But it's also the case that resistance is going to color the past and the future. Right. This is this is part of how that underlying feeling gets sort of finds its home is that that you're angry because you're resistant to the present. You're shameful because you're resistant to the past. You're fearful because you're resistant to the future. Uh, And that, that plays out differently in each type, but that's that I think that's a good way to think of the relationship of time in the intelligence center with the intelligence centers underlying feeling anger, fear, or shame. It's about resistance I haven't thought about this, but it may be a place in terms of the Enneagram as a tool for getting healthy. Once you know your number, you know twos, threes, and fours that you are resistant to the past. And five, sixes, and sevens, you're resistant to the future. And eights, nines, and ones, you're resistant to the present. And perhaps part of getting healthy, getting away from your shame, fear, and anger is to get over that resistance. Right. And to do those things that attack being resistant to your past, present, and future. I hope I'm going to get this quote right um, because I've heard her say it over and over and over again. But the great Suzanne Stabile, quoting David White, <laughs> says that maturity is about holding all three in one and having an, an equal relationship with those, with the past, the present, and the future. That is how you get to maturity. Yep. I suppose if you wanted more on that front, you could consult our last series on head, heart, and body. Right. Each of us have access to all points in time, yeah? Right. In theory. Like we we each struggle with one time period more than others. If you breathe in and hold your breath, you're, you're not going to last long. So you got to breathe out. And this is the rhythm of life. Mm-hmm. Breathing in, breathing out is the rhythm of life. And you breathe out through your stance in Enneagram language. The breathing out is how do I get what I want in the world? The breathing out is about connecting myself with everything else. And each of the types, again, have an orientation to time with their stance. And oftentimes when people talk about orientation to time, this is what they mean. Right. Your stance is locked in with a past orientation, present orientation, or future orientation. It's almost like we, through our intelligence center, we're, we're taking in the information through a time period. But with our stance, we're actually focused on a different time period. That is the central idea for this whole podcast. We're taking in the world through a certain orientation of time and engaging the world through a certain orientation of time. Once you can put a name to that, 
it's incredibly helpful. Once you understand what your person's orientation to time is on these two fronts, it's extremely helpful. Right, <laughs> right. Because you get to explain a lot. And we'll we'll obviously go around the circle with, with all of those people that we love and why we're just like, I don't understand what you're doing. I, I And I think this might be one of the most profound disconnects about relationships like we talk about relationships a lot here and we talk about the way like the fact that the enneagram is about nine different ways of seeing the way that i see is different from how you see mm-hmm. but the orientation of time might be one of the most sort of enlightening and yeah. informative aspects of how the different ways that we see change our interactions and relationships. Because as someone who is more oriented to the past, I have continual problems with people who are oriented to the future because we are focused on very different points. Yep. And once we learn that, we can actually have a conversation about it and it goes way better. Yeah. But without that, it's like, why why are we why are things so wrong here? It's because we're oriented to different parts of time. We talked about this in our podcast on stances about a year and a half ago where the withdrawn types and the aggressive types, it's not just the energy going outward. It's here. It's actually how you're you know, thinking about how you get what you want. Is it in the future or is it in the past? Mm-hmm. Man, those are two different universes in some ways. Right. Boom. We want to get into this? Let's do it. Let's start with the twos. Great. Heart triad, I think, is the easiest to understand on this front to get us rolling. And I think the body triad is the most tricky. But once you get the rhythm, then then you can see what's going on with the body triad. True. Twos are going to take the world in through the past. That is a filter. That is a mask that is colored by shame. And they're going to respond to that shame in the present because that's what their stance is. Their stance is the reactive stance. It's the earning stance. And so you will see that twos routinely are meeting the needs of other people now, but much of the motive for meeting the needs of other people now is about not experiencing the shame that they experienced way back when. Mm -hmm. Not just the shame, but also uh, these are how... I have related to people in the past. Mm -hmm. This is how our relationships have gone. And this is how I know who I am in a way is Mm. by relating to other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. Cause the two, all the heart triad are going to in large measure orient themselves by the opinions of others. Right. I am what other people think about me. Right. Is a temptation, but it is also a reality for these numbers. And and when letting that information come in through that heart center, through that past yeah. orientation, what I know about myself is based on what people have said about me in the past. Man, what I, yeah. And so you see this let you see this play out uh, ones, twos, and sixes all struggle with productive thinking. And, and twos sort of abdicate their own wants and desires. They, they ignore that in order to take care of other people. And part of that comes from this taking information in 
from their past, from how people have treated me in the past, from how I have treated other people in the past, and deciding what to do about it now. This is where they earn. Is is what do I do now to make sure that I'll still be taken care of without having to spend the energy knowing what I actually want and need. Yeah. Again, Riso and Hudson in Wisdom of the Enneagram want to say ones, twos, and sixes. When they enter a room full of people, the question on their mind is, who can I serve? Yeah. And that earning side, that reactive side, that this is how I get what I want in the world side, it's not just that it's present-focused. For twos, the present focus is informed by what's happened before. Right. Right. Anything else on twos? Well, and, and and so notice that that we left out the future for twos. Yeah, let's talk about that. They struggle with thinking about what might come. Mm-hmm. They struggle. One of the things that that Suzanne says often is is what is mine to do, and that's that is a very present focused thinking, and it, it's a good way to to get into productive thinking, and it still also is not future focused. It's not about what do I need to do for later. It's still a present focus and informed by the past. So to struggle with to struggle with planning, to struggle with what's going to happen in these relationships and what's going to happen to me, they they are unproductive about the future. That's excellent. That's an epiphany for me because there's the two I care about who over promises mm-hmm. in the present moment. Yeah. We're going to do this thing. And this person doesn't have the tools to actually envision that future thing and, and, and see it realized. Right. Right. You might say that, that the promise of the future thing is more about appeasing you now. Yes. Than it is about the future. That's what's going on. Damn, that's good. That's really helpful. Okay, I'm going to go forgive that person. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like this question of what's left out. I'm going to bring that back up with all these types because it will be the case. Every single type has a period of time that is left out. Right. You, You can't avoid it. Right. And some of us, ones, fours, and sevens, we are left out of two spheres. Yeah. This, this we'll is get there. We'll get there. It'll be fun. But uh, let's bring up threes. Cool. Man, this is most clean for me. The idea of two orientations to time is most clear for me with the threes. There is a filter going on for the three that is identical to the two. It's you taking the world through the past, through other people's perceptions um, and opinions and your relational connections. Mm-hmm. And when you pursue what you want, which is, again, that your basic desire is to get attention, it's not present focus like the two. It's what's happening Tuesday, what's happening Thursday, what's happening Saturday. Yeah. Specifically with threes, it seems to me, it's how do I ensure failure does not take place on Tuesday? Right. I will do everything in my power in this moment to make sure that Tuesday is not a failure. It's a success. Right. Part of the aggressive stance with sevens and eights, threes are 
their focus is always on what's coming. Mm-hmm. Even even when they are in the middle of something, they're still thinking about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, like you said, it's it's not Thursday for threes. We're recording on a Thursday right now, and it's not Thursday for threes. It's already Tuesday. They're thinking about the next thing that's coming, and they're they're making a plan for what their future is going to be like because the information coming at them is from their past experiences, is from how relationships have gone ahead. And they use that information to inform how to be successful, how to sort of move and shape myself to make sure I get to the future that I'm looking for, which is about attention, success, et cetera. Yeah. And this is also part of the threes being in that that pragmatist grouping with sixes and nines where mm. they're attaching to things that work and they detach from things that don't work. That is a big part of where their past orientation comes in. Like, if it didn't work in the past, they have abandoned it. Yeah. Because they're looking to the future of success. Yeah. If it worked in the past they'll keep with it as they move forward into the future. We did an interview with the great Sean Palmer uh, when he released his books on Enneagram threes in which he spoke at length about not only his own history, but the history of his family. Mm -hmm. And there was something about that that was real informative to me about the heart of a three of understanding. This is how I and those who I'm connected to have been engaged by everyone else and his move to ensure that the things that are seen as failures never happen again is to move hard into the future and Mm -hmm. say, here's what I'm going to do. Right. This is a fantastic way to be in the world. One and two, it's really informative for me in terms of how to understand the processing that takes place in my friends who are threes. Yeah. And I think they're sort of repressed time aspect is a good way to think about the fact that they're feeling repressed. Mm-hmm. So three sevens and eights are all, all feeling repressed. This is, this is part of their aggression The like the, this informs their, their stance and, and threes often struggle with this, especially because they're in the heart triad. They're in that feeling space. But the fact that, that the present moment is the one that they're not focused on so they they draw information from the past and they focus on the future. And the present moment is more about how to get to the future than it is about the present moment. Yeah. This is, I think, one of the easiest ways into understanding feeling repression for threes. Mm. Because they are not processing their feelings about what's happening right now. They're moving to some future point in time. Absolutely. And so, and then their feelings get processed as a past recollection. Woo! So when threes have significant emotional moments, they often are not processing it in healthy ways because of their time sandwich. This whole podcast is going to wreck me. You watch. <laughs> that, that is... That's exactly right. That is so on the nose. So 
I don't know if this is helpful, but I know a lot of folks who listen to this podcast want to talk about parenting. Mm -hmm. And this is so helpful on this front in terms of your orientation to time being applied to the people that you love most. Yeah. Every, everything, my brilliant, beautiful, <laughs> super successful spouse is thinking about our children ends up being an emotional reaction to what might happen in the future. Yep. And, and she does not know how to process those emotions in the present moment. Correct. Yeah. A lot of our work in terms of how we parent our children has actually been to figure out ways to channel that into the right spaces mm -hmm. and for other things and other tools to take their place. It can create a lot of anxiety when there's a problem that may work itself out over time. Mm -hmm. But if you're emotionally connected to this problem will definitely look like this in three years. Yeah. Which clearly means that I'm a failure. Yes. Then there's, there's real anxiety there. Yeah. And so you're going to do whatever you can right now to ensure that Tuesday doesn't happen, that Thursday doesn't happen, that 2025 doesn't happen right. in that way. Right. That's real helpful. I love you, Cal. Thank, thank you for letting me tell, tell a story. <laughs> um, As a side note, yeah, this is also why it took her so long to process her mother's death. Talk about it. Because she wasn't processing it in the moment. It took her almost a year Okay. to start to really process it because it had to get into the past first. If I process this out loud, other people will see me and I will be seen as a failure because I didn't keep it together. That's really helpful. Is it the case that any of the heart triad can process something until it gets into the past? Force. Force can, in the present moment, process something with a past orientation because their stance is there uh, well fours because fours are spending their time in that emotional space yeah their inward focus is going to allow them to process feelings in the moment yeah but they they don't do anything with it they just process yeah well that might be a great niche bit of wisdom then for threes sometimes threes things are going to happen to you and unfortunately, given your type, you're not going to be able to actually do the processing and work for a little while. Right. You're you're going to focus on the goal for the moment. Mm -hmm. You're going to knock that goal out. And then eventually the feelings are going to start to emerge. Right. They might come out of nowhere. Right. I think that's worth keeping in. Um, anything, anything else on threes? I think we covered the gamut. <laughs> Did we talk about uh, that inability to move into the present is illustrated here. This is what's left out for threes, yeah? Right, yeah. It's it's that that present space is, is the one where they struggle the most, using the past to inform the future. So any tools that threes can access in order to get their themselves into the present? Oh, I'm sure there's lots of stuff out there. Um, I think that... So I, I don't think a like being present kind of focus is necessarily going to be really valuable to all the types, but uh, the, mm -hmm. the type of thing that the Rob Bell talks about in how to be here and like meditation and, and, and working on shifting that focus to 
what's happening now instead of what might be coming. I think that that's that's how you bring that's part of how you bring the three parts of time into balance. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I, I, I think there's work to be done here, but when we use the tools of our stress and security numbers, this Mm -hmm. might be a place of accessing healthy engagements with the present for a three. Yeah. So when the three moves to nine and excesses in a healthy way, the tools there in their stress number, what they do is actually step away from the stage. Yeah. They move into a place where they want calm. And if they can get there, that calm is going to be stance wise in the present. Right. And they also like it, they also step away from the plan. Yeah. 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 Those are the tools accessible for the three in their stress number. You can go there in stress and sometimes you're forced there in stress, Mm -hmm. but real healthy threes can figure out ways to access spaces of calm where they're like, this is the point in my calendar where there aren't any goals. Mm -hmm. We're not achieving anything. I am moving into spaces that are withdrawn for the sake of my heart and soul. And that actually ends up being a space where you can access that. And that might be, you know, annual rhythms that might be daily rhythms. Mm-hmm. Clearly Sabbath is a practice right? Um, that threes would be wise to embrace. Right. Boom. Well, let's talk about the fours. Okay. Fours are going to be the first on our list in which both their stance and their intelligence center focus on one period of time. And for the fours, it's the past. Right. The the I- idealist grouping, uh, ones, fours, and sevens, all, all get to take in and focus on the same point. And, and fours, being in that heart triad, they're, they're, they're drawing all of their information about themselves and about other people and about the world around them from their past experiences. And then their focus is still on what, people think about me and what what I think about other people and it, it still lives in this sort of past way uh, as part of the withdrawn triad of uh, with fours fives and nines they sort of step back to to introspect to to gain some of the attention they they that they're looking for it's in a past centered kind of way this is the part of this theory that is the most confusing for me and so perhaps floating it in terms of i I would love language here when fours fives and nines in their stance are engaged with the past how does that work well it's it's about letting the past decide how we move how we how we go forward when I'm in meetings where like when I'm in like leadership planning kinds of meetings, I as as a nine, when we're talking about the future, I'm thinking about it in terms of what we've already done. I know that this thing that you're talking about isn't gonna work because this is what happened when we tried it six years ago. And 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 for fours being more f- sort of focused on 
on relationships and and emotions it's it's this is how i felt about these things in the past this is how people have treated me in the past in thinking about what i'm going to do those decisions are informed by how i have processed feelings about decisions behind me is that where the action repression comes in then in part for fours fives and nines they're using these tools from the past but applying them that's where they're repressed side is yeah or or even it's it's about sort of like putting on the brakes okay so so not necessarily about applying the tools but in fact saying whoa hold on we need to think about what's come before or that didn't work so we're not going to do that thing mhm because we withdraw we're actually putting a stop to action So in the stance of the four, five, and nine, they're focused on the past in order to get what they want. That would be the move, yeah? Yeah. So they, so the four wants attention and he's using the resources of the past in order to get it. It's going to be different from, I think, fives and nines. Fives, are, fives and nines are much more clear in my mind mm-hmm. and heart here. Yeah. Because fives are going to say, here's what's worked in the past to keep people safe. Let's make sure that we note these and employ them. And nines are going to say, here's what's worked in the past in order to give me control over my life and space. Mm-hmm. Let's use them. I have a real hard time understanding fours here, but I assume it's it's they want the relational connection. So here's what's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. Give me and, the relational connection. And, and this is here's here's the relationships that have worked in the past. Here's the way I, on the unhealthy side. Here's the way that I've been able to manipulate and and shape relationships to be how I want them in the past. And this will work mm-hmm. for me moving forward. In a, in a more healthy way, uh, here's how I've been able to relate to other people in the past. And, and this is how I know how to make decisions about my relationships now. It's, it's, it's based on that understanding that comes from previous experiences. Yeah. Is there an overlap with that in the heart of a four? Is there an overlap with that? with their sense of their own uniqueness. Yeah, I, I think there is that is a there is significant overlap there um, having to do with their their past experiences like nobody has the exact same past that they have. There it is. And their their understanding of themselves because both their their source of information and their focus is about the past. Their understanding of themselves is rooted in their past experiences. So threes, uh, their understanding of themselves has a lot to do with who they will be on Tuesday. But for fours, their understanding of themselves is entirely derived from who they have been and what got them here. And their experience is entirely unique from everyone else's experience around them. Yeah. Because both their orientations to time are past focused. They got a monopoly on being able to see just how different everybody is in terms of how their stories have played out. Right. 
Right. Everyone's story is unique, and they are very interested in those stories. Have a great radar for the beauty there. Perhaps have a great, maybe this is why fours can sit in the dark spots, is with that past focus, it's just overwhelming how much has gone on. And so I understand that this is actually just how things are. Mm -hmm. And because they, because of that past focus, they are also able to see the benefit of the things that have gone badly. Like diamonds are created because dirt is, is pressurized like crazy. Diamonds are, diamonds are created in, in terrible situations and the only way that you get them is through through pressure all of the things that have happened to us have made us into the individual beautiful things that we are and we are unique in part because of our stories and we are beautiful in part because of our uniqueness of our story. i had a conversation with a gentleman who's a four who's absolutely a treasure to me who was focusing on the negative elements of his past and was unable to get out of them mm-hmm. and was looking for wisdom there. And I stole something from you on this front, which was you need to honor those things because they're true. Yeah. But they need to be balanced by all the good things as well, because mm-hmm. those are also true. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the move forward yeah. for them. And it just pinged for me in saying it to them, or it pinged for them in in terms of their orientation to time is real was so important to just being healthy now. Their self-understanding. All these relationships have gone badly, perhaps, or you know, these I'm not finding the connection I want. And that was at least a through line in terms of our conversation. You should honor those. Mm -hmm. They are true, but these other things are great as well. So allow them to have equal power in your heart and mind. Well, I think that also has to do with the, the resistance to the present and the future. The fours experience is that like, if things are going to go well, then, then there's something to look forward to. True. And this is uh, where we can talk about what's left out for the force. Right. The future and the present are, are difficult to access on these fronts, yeah. Right. And this, the fact that they withdraw, which is about their past orientation, is about the present. Yeah. Oh, it's a resistance to the present? Or- uh, not necessarily a resistance, but, but you withdraw from the present moment. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. So correct. fours, fives, and nines, the the action repression is about the present. They're right. they're sort of repressing action right now. And it's it does not necessarily mean that fours don't do anything. A lot of fours do lots of things. Yeah. A, a better way to think about it is that they are it's not productive doing. Mm-hmm. It's because that that action center, that that body center is yeah. not productively at work which means their their present center is not being productive. Yeah. When you spend your time and your energy and and your focus on what has come before you on on the story of your life, then thinking about what you're doing right now is 
it it's hard to be in the present moment because you're in the past so much. Right. And the same goes for the future. It's hard to plan for the future when you're spending your energy on what happened before. Future may be real difficult for the four to access unless they push into their three wing. Sure. That's the only place that they got access to that. Right. And I suppose unless it's, no, I mean the fear of fives. But even that, it's most, most, you you have access to that future from the three wing, but but most fours with a three wing, it's still pretty focused on the attention part of it, not about, not the future part. Yeah. What's interesting about fours on this front is I think, and I don't know that this is their role in the world is to be future focused. <laughs> right. When they go, when they use the tools that are there in their stress number at two, that's present focused mm-hmm. in terms of the stance of a two is present. And when they use the tools accessible to them at one, when they're in security, that's also present focused stance. Right. And so it's kind of like on both sides, they, they have access to that. We're going to see this with fives as well, mm-hmm. who are surrounded by sevens and eights on their, on their arrows. Right. But like that for the four, that's generally how they can get out of simply the past is you're engaging the present mm-hmm. through tools at your security number and tools at your stress number. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's still important to, to bring all three spots into balance. Okay. Uh, but fours are going to have to go through the present to get to the future. They, they have their work cut out for them to get to, yeah. to bring up that future focus. Systematically, I don't know how to get there. I'm sure it's the case. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll ask some force. If you're a four listening and you want to send us a note, I would love to, to hear your thought on what's your relationship to the future. Boom. Anything else on force? It may seem like we are struggling to explain this in good clear ways and that's in part because fours and fives are the most complex numbers on the enneagram and it's yeah it's hard there's a lot going on there (laughs) well we're going to move into a new intelligence center with the five sixes and sevens they are breathing in the world through a future filter so right we talked about that but let's just move to the fives fives take in the world through the future, but they don't engage the world through the future. They engage the world through the past. Right. So all of that info coming to them is about planning for futures that might happen and and fearing the things that that could be coming and and looking for security on the road ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's where where the fives are at. That's that's how all the information comes in. Is what things need to be feared about the future. And the way that they engage, the way that they focus, their focus is actually with the fours, fives, and nines, and it's on the past. So they look to the past to inform how to get the security that they're looking for in the nefarious future. Yep. It's not just about hoarding resources of wealth or energy, although that's obviously part of the five. Mm -hmm. That dynamic, and perhaps it's central to fives, of understanding and wisdom, 
that's all past, right? That's what has happened before that I can learn from that I can use in order to ensure that the future that I take in is responded to. I need the resources. Right. Because it's the place where they focus. It's also become, it can become this, this interesting sort of cyclical thing. So these are the things that have gone wrong in the past and in order to make sure they don't go wrong in the future, I'm going to change how I did this, how I oriented myself to this in the past in order to avoid this possible future. Well, I hadn't thought about it in terms of your own past. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all things that have come before right now. Yeah. So it's not just how did they figure out how to solve this problem in... 30 years ago in in whatever academic field that I'm studying, but also when I was young, this medical thing happened to me and it was a horrific experience for me because I didn't have the resources to take care of myself. So how do I make sure that that doesn't happen to me in the future? This is part mm -hmm. of the, this is where, the avarice sort of this is one of the places where it sort of lives is in order to make sure that I'm not without just like this past experience that I had, I'm going to m see to it that I have enough when that happens in the future. Yeah. So they're, n they're not about collecting wealth. They're about protecting wealth or resources, I should say. Mm -hmm. yeah. The motive is underlying that. Mm -hmm. That becomes the important element there. Right. It's about protecting myself, which is informed by the past and my fears of the future. Right. Yeah. You brought up like medical issues. I'd be real curious how many fives have that story. Because of all things, as you when you mentioned it, I had three fives come immediately to mind. Sure. That a central part of their story was a medical thing that they couldn't... It wasn't about control. It was a medical thing that hit them. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the resources to respond. Right. As right. it were. And, and it, it was entirely about security at that point. They were unsafe. Yeah. yeah. They were unsafe in that moment, yeah. for sure. And felt very uncomfortable, I assume. Mm-hmm. Mm. This one always is a, is one that pings for me. The fives and the threes, they really ping for me. And, and that's future and past for both of them mm -hmm. in opposite ways. Right. That the five is breathing in the future and exhaling the past. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, it, again, the case, the fear from in the future is is always just real clear for me for fives. And then I'm going to use these tools from the past. Just seems like the natural, this is simply how I engage the world and get what I want mm -hmm. for fives. And, and I, I also think of it as, as sort of resting on the past, um, which is, is, is part of the, the, that withdrawn stance, like one of the things to be said about fives is that they, they gather and collect information, but they don't do anything with that information. Like a lot of fives mm -hmm. are afraid to try anything new until they've learned everything that they can about 
that thing. But then they never actually try the new thing because they've spent all of their time learning it. Mm-hmm. And and it's like it that is how fives withdraw. It's it's sort of stepping back into the past and sort of resting there. It's it's gathering that information and that information is not new. It's not happening right now. It's it's what has come before. I haven't thought about this, but is that about risk for the five? Yeah, in part. It's I know all the things. But it's the the future is unclear. The future is something to be feared. Yeah. And anything could happen. So I need to prepare. That's about use of your resources. Of course, but that's also about relationships. Yeah, this is time and energy and, and emotions. And like a lot of fives are described as sort of aloof. And it, mm-hmm. it's because they're, they're protecting their resources, which includes their emotions and, and focused on, well, this is, this is where we've been. So we're fine, right? And like, you, you don't need anything more from me because... We've gotten here just fine. Ooh. Yeah, that's already banked. Yeah. Calculated and and thrown in a vault somewhere. Yeah, we've settled that. Ooh. So I love a five in my life, and I want more relational connection right now. Mm -hmm. That's not how they're processing things. Right. They're, They're thinking about the past, and they're focused on the past with information that comes to them from the fuse of the future. They're not thinking about how what you need from them right now. Correct. Because that's what's left out. The present moment for the five is what's actually left out. Right. Is the fear the fear of losing a relationship gonna register for a five? No, because they're focused on the past. The relationship has been fine, so it's fine, right? Oh, there you go. And it's categorized as an asset Mm -hmm. that has a lot of positives to it and a whole host of negatives. Yeah, you know it. (laughs) I suppose it's the case on the positive front. If things have been good with you in a five for years and years, then you probably don't need to worry about whether you're cool right now. (laughs) If you haven't, if, if nothing actually broke and you haven't heard from a five in your life in two months... You're probably fine. <laughs> they've they've just withdrawn. However, say you really do want emotional connection with five in your life who you cherish and long to connect with, mm-hmm. and they don't have the same response to you. They right. don't. They don't see the what the urgency. Yeah. Of of common connection. Sure. So so part of that I think is is about building a history. Mm-hmm. It's about building something for them to re- look to look back on to know that they're safe in that space. Yeah. I have such sympathy for fives in their romantic lives. And I suppose that's where I, I'm trying to push here. Mm. That I, I have the intuition that the romantic life of a five can be very difficult because they probably are connected to somebody who is their opposite. And that opposite person probably has a very strong emotional core. Sure. And is actually pursuing them. I see a lot of fives who are engaged with 
uh, are connected to um, those in the heart triad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always the case, but I, I do see that being common. Right. Well, and um, and and like we say, it's especially romantic relationships, but but all relationships, it has more to do with the health of the individual than the actual type. Sure. Um, but but when you're talking about fives with heart center types it's it's almost like there's an opportunity there to to let someone else do work that you're not good at yep sort of outsourcing your emotional center that's exactly right and that's uh, for the five that could be an asset i'm Mm -hmm. connecting to this person as my person because they are so good at connecting us to the rest of the world right we are a partnership and yet then when it gets flipped in the five needs to show up relationally mm-hmm. if there's if there's a, a relational history there for the five to rely on for the five to know that this is actually a safe place then that will probably be easier to manage and maintain yeah is there anything that we left out in terms of them in the present and engaging the present? Because that's what they they have left out. Right. That's that's the withdrawn stance is that they are they they step back and and they're they're not engaged with the present moment, mm-hmm. and that's that's because their information is coming from the fears of the future and their focus is on how to deal with it from the past. Mm. They're not engaged with the present moment. Here it is. Yeah. Sixes, uh, likewise, are going to be taking in the world through their head. And, of course, that's their uh, their head is also their repressed center. Right. So talk about the sixes and taking in, in the world through the future. Yeah, so, so sixes, like we're still in that head space, so all the information coming at them is about future fears it's about things that might go wrong in some sort of potential or even inevitable future Mm. and they are uh in that because their head is also their repressed center because they are in that reactive earning triad with ones and twos they are their focus is on the present moment and and so they are making plans for how to deal with the things that they fear about the future. Mm-hmm. So what do we do now to save ourselves from these inevitabilities? And there's her stance. Right. Breathe in the world through the future. React to it in the present moment. Right. Because they're a reactive type uh, alongside ones, twos, and sixes, they are getting what they want in the present and the present's what matters. Right. So because the head center is like the rational processing is simultaneously dominant and repressed, they don't think productively. Mm -hmm. So they're actually usually making plans to deal with things that are never going to happen. Mm. So that that fear, that anxiety about the future is about things that if they were actually thinking productively, 
they would know that those things probably aren't going to happen. But because they don't think productively, they're currently making plans for how to deal with those things that probably aren't going to happen. Here it is. That's great. Again, you can see how there are two times at work there. Right. In terms of the future, taking in the world through the future, responding in the present. Bang, bang, bang. Yep. That also describes quite a bit about their motive of wanting to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Their orientation and time and how they engage the world, both in terms of how they take it in and how they get what they want, makes a lot of sense of their basic motive. Right. And it also points us into how they get into this cycle of unproductive thinking. Because if you're always thinking about the things that are going to go wrong and making a plan for things that aren't going to happen, then it just becomes this cycle that repeats itself of planning for things that don't happen and being afraid of the future that never comes. What is the overlap between unproductive thinking for the ones, twos, and sixes in terms of the present? Their stance is present-oriented. Why unproductive thinking? Why would that be the pairing there? Well, it's it's because because you're... Focus is on the present moment and you don't hold everything in balance. You don't have a complete perspective on what you're doing right now. So for twos, that perspective is missing the future. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about what happens next. They're thinking about what happens now because of the past. Yeah. I like this line. Yeah. For sixes, it's not thinking about where we've been or what has happened or what I have accomplished or like not letting the past inform how to plan for the future. Yep. And then ones have it on both sides. And then for ones, it's, it's, it's an entirely present focus. Mm-hmm. It's thinking about what's happening right now in order to decide what to do right now without a grasp and past or pre- or future. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about that, but that I it strikes me that that's why ones push so hard into systems. Mm-hmm. Is they don't have resources to pull from in terms of the past and future. So Right. The what's the right thing to do ends up being prominent because what else do you anchor into? Right. Mm. Because you're unproductively thinking and and that is because you don't have the past and the future in balance. Yep. And for six, it's because they don't have the past in balance with the way they think about what to do about the future. Yeah. So this is what's left out for sixes that we Mm -hmm. can elevate here. It's they don't have the past to inform the things that they're struggling with fear-wise. Right. And so cannot access, here's how everything has gone right in the past on these fronts. Mm -hmm. In particular, the things that they have done right. <laughs> it's not, not just so, others. Yeah, their fears about the future has a lot to do with their own self-doubt, and it just sort of spills out from this giant well inside them of, of if, if I can't do things the way that they're supposed to be done, or if I am incapable of, of taking care of myself or, or, or whatever, if, if I can't do it, then obviously the rest of the world can't be trusted and therefore everything everything might go wrong in the future. 
Oh, I haven't heard that before. The the self the self doubt a six experiences mm-hmm. is applied to others. Right. It's it's like the the doubt and fear that they experience. It starts from that internal place. And sort of spills out of them to everything else. If I can't be trusted, then obviously other people can't be trusted, right? That makes sense, right? And I need you to tell me that that's correct because I don't trust myself to believe the thought that I just had. I don't know if it's true for twos as well, but I experienced the spilling, but it's Mm -hmm. not with fear. It's with anger. Sure. Anger itself spills into anger at others. I don't know if shame uh, shame spills for twos. That's how shame becomes a weapon. Oh, there you go. Come on. It, you use it against other people. And sixes are using fear as a weapon at times. As... I I don't think they're using it as a weapon. It's It spills out of them to everything else. Oh, sure. Sure, world. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was some of the wisdom that we heard from Suzanne in terms of saying to the sixes in our life, I love you. Your thoughts are so important you get to ask two questions just to make sure that we're healthy in terms of the fear that's spilling out. Right. Right. Something of that sort. Yeah. I suppose on the flip side, however, if you listen to our deep dive into star Wars, Darth Vader weaponizes fear and he's real good at it. Right. I think that's because Darth Vader's a bad person though. <laughs> <laughs> I think average healthy sixes experience self doubt and that spills out to the world around them, but I don't think they weaponize fear. I think average twos might weaponize shame a little bit. Might might do it's it. A little bit subconsciously sometimes. Good news for Darth Vader is there is still good in him. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think sixes, like talking about the the time sandwich, I think sixes is actually the one that that to me most clearly they they reject their re- sort of repressed like the the third time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that that sixes don't access the past. I think they actively reject the past. And that Ooh. is because of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, the is it the habit of not trusting or the what is that? The the tendency to not trust is then applied to the past? Mm-hmm. Or that's actually what the non-trust is? I, I, I think it's both. I think it's the instinct to not trust myself and others means that I the, the past is not trustworthy. This is, again, the breathing in image really hits me here. You are breathing in the future through a filter of fear. Mm-hmm. And obviously with all of us, we have to address our underlying feelings of anger, shame, and fear. And that's some of the hard work. That's right. just some of the hard work right there is just being conscious of this is how I take in the world. Right. If, I, if I'm breathing in poison, you know, all the time, that will affect my body. Right. It's, you have to figure out how to breathe in the reality around you. Right. Mm. And, and while with like fours and fives, like a big part of their work is about engaging the present moment. Sixes need to learn how to shore up the past, essentially. Like this is this is one of the things that comes from good journaling with sixes, is that if you if you track the things that have happened to you and the ways Yeah. If you like you could do this for one week. Just Every day, write down the things that you're afraid of 
and every night write down the things that actually happened that day. And then go back and look at that journal of just one week and see how you responded, like did bad things happen and how did you respond to them? Then you start to, to develop a pattern of trusting yourself or like using the past to inform how you make decisions. That's real helpful, especially for Enneagram as a tool, because you can apply that to all the numbers. Right, right. I say that as somebody who has two areas in my life, the past and the future that are inaccessible. And a lot of my getting stuff on paper is about the future. Mm -hmm. Our conversation with Juanita was very much, here's how you track the past as a one. Mm -hmm. What are you thankful for that happened today? And it's a very past oriented using tools at four way to be in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out where you're repressed or what's left out and intentionally creating practices around those is how you create the balance that you need. Cause you're going to be real good at on say future, real good at past shoring up the other side. That's, that's where health is. Well, and even this, this is true for all types, but I think sixes is a great example of it. You're not good at the present and the future because you're so bad at the past. Ooh, <laughs> it spills. You need to bring all of them into balance. And yeah. like it is absolutely true for all types. Fives are not good at the past and the future unless they are also engaging in the present. Having all of that information and, and planning is useless unless you use it. Mm. Yeah, that's helpful. That's uh, that's real helpful. That's a challenge right there. Yeah. Uh, anything else on sixes? Nope. Well, it brings us to the sevens. Sevens are going to be in the idealist triad, which ones, fours, and sevens. They yep. they miss in two. They're yep. sevens are future, future. Good job, sevens. <laughs> Taking in the world through the future because they're in the head triad, but engaging the world in the future because they're in the aggressive stance. Right. So this just like all the other head types, their their processing of information, their 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 the information comes to them through potential fu- fears about the future. But the way that they sort of address those fears, mm-hmm. their focus is about how to move away from those possible futures by having other futures. Mm -hmm. So we talk about how sevens don't like to be stuck. This is one of the ways that they make sure that they're not stuck is by having lots of possibilities of how the future could play out because the one that they fear is amongst a multitude of possibilities. And they're going to make sure that they have the opportunity to try whichever one they want to go to at that moment. And they're always moving forward, always thinking about what comes next. Shows you why being stuck is such a big deal. Right. You're breathing in the future fear. And if you're stuck, you are not going to avoid it. Right. So let's keep all the options open as much as possible because you're real good at being a jackrabbit. Right. I'd rather be on a horse than a train because a horse can be moved anywhere, whereas a train is on specific tracks. Mm. And so they, they often can't see especially because relationships are about what has happened. The emotional center is about the past. 
So they they can't necessarily see how their behavior affects other people because they'd have to look behind them to see that. Yeah. We've talked about this. Sometimes even the movement is the goal. Mm -hmm. Accomplishing the thing actually isn't as important as the movement itself. Right. Which continues to be a really helpful thing for me to understand about the sevens in my life Mm -hmm. in terms of having real healthy relationships with them that oftentimes the movement itself is the goal. Right. It's the activity that, that pulls them forward. It's not necessarily the thing that they're going to because they're already moving on because they're always future focused. What happens in the life of a seven when they are able to shut down the fear? Much like we talked about with fours, I think sevens have to, engage in the present before they have access to the past and they have to learn how to be still uh be in the in the moment and then through that learn to engage where they've been Mm -hmm. so part of the emotional center being repressed for sevens has to do with them not being interested in the unpleasant emotions. Mm. When you tell sevens that they are disconnected from their emotional center, they don't understand that because they love all of the good emotions. Uh, They just don't like the bad ones. Mm -hmm. Like part of that is because the bad ones get them stuck. The bad ones are something that you have to, to be present to and you have to, it's a, it's a sense that you, they won't escape those mm. be, those unpleasant places. Yeah. And in so, that constantly moving forward, like that, that's part of not engaging their emotional center correctly. It's also part of not engaging the past or the present because that's where the unpleasant emotions live. Mm-hmm. Is in is in reflection, is in grief, is in sitting in pain. And, and so when sevens get to a place where they've actually been, been forced to, but been able to engage and, and learn how to be present to pain and grief and, and sorrow and, and learn how to learn from those things, then actually that those future fears start to have a different kind of timbre to them. Mm. Because part of their fear is about being stuck in unpleasantness. And when you learn how to go through the unpleasantness, then that fear doesn't have as much teeth. I suppose in the same way then for sixes journaling, I imagine for sevens journaling, that might be very valuable if they're able to actually (laughs) go back and read their journals. Right. And what this thing that I feared didn't get me. I maybe, I, I don't know any sevens who journal. Well, that's my point, I suppose. I I can't necessarily speak to that being a useful thing. Like I, basically, all the ones, twos, and sixes I know, when they yeah. do engage that type of activity, it's really mm-hmm. good for them because it's it shores up unproductive thinking. I think for sevens, part of it is it, it's not necessarily journaling that they need to do. They need to figure out how to be present. Yeah, it's and journaling is often a little bit more past focused. 
Well, it's, I suppose that's where I was going. Although I think you're right. The past focusedness is going to be one of those places that sevens need to engage for balance. Mm-hmm. But I think they have to get through the present first to get that. Oh, I see. It's, yeah. yeah, it's transcending that that gap as it were. Because yeah. the fours are going to have the same problem going the opposite way. Right, exactly. Uh, this might actually be a place to bring up Huritz's work. He engages the intelligence centers and recommends practices based on the intelligence centers. Mm-hmm. So for five, sixes, and sevens, it's silence. For eights, nines, and ones, it's stillness. Don't do anything. Right. For two, threes, and fours, it's silence. You don't need to connect relationally right now. It's solitude. Solitude, there it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's an, here's another place, I suppose, Enneagram as a tool could be used is thinking through your orientation to time and what really needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. If I want to do work on my anger as a one, then being still might be the best thing for me because I can't get angry at the thing that's not not getting done. <laughs> right. And then for the heart triad, what it would be, I can't feel shame if I'm by myself or at least as the world is, as I'm filtering the world, the mm-hmm. relational component is removed. Right. Can't get my value from other people when there are no other people. Right. Yeah. And then five, sixes, and sevens. The silence means I am what I'm cutting off the the all the messages that say this might go wrong. The planning and the the fear that of, of eventual futures. If I'm intentionally engaging silence, then I'm not thinking about the future. Yeah. What's that book called? The Sacred Enneagram. There you go. For those of you who are interested in that work, it's good work. Well, that brings us to the body triad, which I said was the hardest, I think, to understand in terms of taking in the world because they are taking in the world in the present. Mm -hmm. So not like the heart taking in through the past or the head taking it through the future. It's eights, nines, and one take in the present. Mm Mm-hmm but they are resistant to the present. Right. It's where anger comes from. We should talk about resistance both to the present and then we, we should talk a little bit about resistance itself. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we'd skip that, didn't we? we I think did. we, set, we set it up for this point in time. It's, it's, this, you're, this is going to blow your mind if you're still with us <laughs> head, head and heart. Um, but the eights, eights are going to take in the world through their body in the present Um, but they're going to respond to the world in the future like threes and sevens. Right. So we've talked a lot about uh, how eights walk into a room and they immediately know who's in charge or Mm -hmm. who's not in charge. And uh, we also talk about how eights fill the space when they come into a a room. Uh, So like when an eight walks into a room, you could tell because their energy is sort of drawn out. Like Like you can tell because they bring their energy to a space. And in the same way, like eights are taking in the world around them in that, like that they're reading energy in real time. Yep. They're, they're reading power dynamics and like all of the information that's coming to them that they are processing is, is what's happening in real time. What is happening in this moment? And, and when they respond to that it's about how do we get to there Mm -hmm. 
So eights are very, very quick thinkers. They have the most energy of any type and they take in all of that information very, very quickly and they already have a plan for how to move forward. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that they're ready to go. It's that they are already moving. And eights, talking about the aggressive triad, eights are most clearly the ones that are moving with or without you. They're moving forward and you can either come along or get run over. That sounds strong, which is clearly a huge element to how eights come across. Mm-hmm. But underlying their present focus is I don't want to be vulnerable. Right. Yeah. It's because if I let someone else control me, then they might harm me. That's that's where it really comes from. Is about protecting their their secret inner weakness. Yeah. Eight walks into the room and assesses dangers in a way, not not in a fear-based way. But in a protective way. There it is. Yeah. Who, who is in charge and are they going to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done in order to, to provide what I think is justice for everyone else in the room as well? Principle, however, is I'm not going to get hurt when I walk into this room. And if you're not going to do the job, I'm going to do the job. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the job, it's going to be clear to me pretty quick because I think about these things fast. Right. In terms of stance, then they're taking in the world in that way, but they are responding to the world in the future. Right. Here's Here's how I'm going to ensure that I don't get hurt by doing things now that ensure that I'm not hurt in the future. Right. I know it happens Tuesday. Yeah. It's always planning on the next thing. It's it's not even planning. It's always moving to the next thing. Right. Because eights are are heavily action-based. Right. Like I said, they have the most energy of all the types. They're, they don't want to sit around and talk about the plan. They want to do the plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the vulnerability just screams out to me that it's not stated. Stating that you're vulnerable is going to make you more vulnerable. Right. But it's there. So we have a we have a good friend that throws huge events who is very aware of when he's going to be vulnerable in those big events. Mm-hmm. And he's going to work three months in advance to make sure that come that time where he might be vulnerable, he ain't going to be vulnerable. Right. He's going to make sure right now to engage the world in a way that ensures that at that moment, things are going to be sound. Right. And we need the systems, the plan, whatever, whatever it is to make sure that that thing in three months goes well. We need to have that in place now. Yep. Because that's where his orientation and time is. Right. Similar to sixes on this front, then there's not a past. Correct. For for that personality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, that makes me laugh because sixes and eights are, are a common pairing in in relationship and so neither of them have access to the past when they get together (laughs) right which you can tell when you talk to them (laughs) when they're struggling it's like ah just just calm down you you both are worried about a future that might not happen (laughs) well similar then on the eights we we talked about this with threes we didn't mention it with sevens but threes emotional life is in the future Mm -hmm. and that that would be true of eights as well then yeah well uh, eights are I think the most clearly, not anti-emotional, but they don't necessarily see value in the emotional center. 
in part because that's where vulnerability lies. Yeah. I, I mean, said emotional, but I meant more anger. Their anger is in the future. Their oh, anger is gotcha. about this thing that's coming up. Right. That's the target of, well, I mean, it's, it's anger probably in both places because how would anger work in terms of the, the life of innate towards the future? Well, I think um, because anger is about the present, I think anger becomes one of those things that like, I, I've heard eight say that they process all emotion as anger. But I also think that because they they want to move forward and they don't want to give opportunity for emotional vulnerability to become an issue, they want to deal with it right now. So they yeah. have their anger and they want to process it right now. And that means processing it with you. And they're going to bring it forward and let it out and y'all are going to handle it and then they're going to then it's going to be over so that they can move on to the future that they are looking to. So even, even processing the anger is about the present moment. That's a very helpful word. I bet for many of us who have relationships with eight speak and the eights in our lives do exactly that. And we're mm -hmm. like, really, is that, that's how you're going to handle this? Right. Yes. Because this is the best way to move forward. Deal with it now. Yeah. And if we love eights, we have to, <laughs> we generally need to meet them there because they're probably the ones driving right. that interaction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But okay, you'll also go. often find that if you do meet them there, that you actually build into that relationship. Yeah, that's, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and we've said this in the past uh, that eights don't have very many very strong, tight, close relationships. Right. And so if you're that person who innate is spending that real energy on in that way, mm -hmm. that may actually speak to the quality of the relationship that the eight thinks they have with you. Right. Right. Yeah. Eights use anger and conflict as a way to sort of test the, the boundaries, test the health of the relationship, see who's in charge. And if you never, if you don't push back on them, they know that they're the one in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last word, just to go back to just prime motive for an eight, it's I don't want to be controlled. And that's all over how they orient themselves to time right here. Right. This thing is going to come and I'm going to handle it right now to ensure that in two months, in one month, I'm not, it's not just vulnerable. It's I'm not going to be controlled by anything mm -hmm. that might get in the way. Mm -hmm. And the past is simply an anchor that seeks to control us. Mm. Bang. Yeah. You want to talk about some nines? Okay. It's again, taking in the world through the present and responding it to it through the past. Well, oh, we need to say something about resistance and nines are probably going to be the, a great window into this. Mm -hmm. Would you talk about eights, nines and ones being resistant to the present? So this uh, is one of those things that I think, like wings, it, it both is and isn't really, really profound and important. I, I think that this is a really good way to understand why the underlying feeling is paired with the intelligence center's perception of time. Mm -hmm. So for eights, nines, and ones, our underlying feeling is anger. 
And it's because we are resistant to the present. That's how anger and the present go together, is, is that anger comes from our frustration or like we have anger about things that are happening to take away our control in the present moment. There it is. And in the same way, uh, shame is paired with the past because you have resistance to how relationships have gone, how, how you have not received the attention that you desired in the past. It's a res- yep. it, Shame is because of your resistance to the past fear about the future is is you have fears about not getting your security not having the safety that you're looking for in the future so you're resistant to the future Mm -hmm. so as a way of understanding how these things go together i think it is really really important as a way of like i think now that we've said it we may never have to talk about it again you know, oh, I think this is gold. Yeah, as you're saying it, it's. I think it it is both profound and useful and and incredibly valuable. And also, once you understand it, there it is. It's just there, like gravity. I don't spend that much time thinking about <laughs> gravity, but gravity is really important. Unfortunately, you're an Enneagram physicist, my man. <laughs> but there is something there. I mean, at least it is helpful to me. I totally understand what it's like to be resistant to the present and it um explains my bad behavior frequently Mm, sure and even if i know it i could name it in the moment i i can even say i don't care i don't know how i don't have the tools at this moment to get beyond this because it's how i'm taking in the world yeah again you got to assess your mask you're breathing in the world and you're resistant to either the past, present, or the future, and that that affects you. Yeah, and and also sort of creates your underlying feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your underlying feeling is one of those things that you know. I want control, and I don't want to be angry, but those those are inescapably paired. Right. Mm. So nines take in the world through the present are resistant to the present and draw on the resources of the past in terms of their stance. So right. you want to talk about that dynamic? Yeah, this is probably, I, I think this might be the clearest place to see resistance in the whole circle. Yeah, I agree. So being in that that body triad, our our information is always coming at us from what's happening around us right at this moment. So the whole world, all our our friends, our work, our like all of the things that we're experiencing and the way we take in everything that's happening to us is is through the present moment, through our body intuition. And the way that we respond to it is in that withdrawn way. And it so we take a step back, we think about what's happened to us. Like we've talked about the pragmatist triad with the threes and it's also true with the nines, but, but we attach ourselves to the things that gave us the control and the autonomy in the past in order to have the comfort and the, the harmoniousness that we're, we're seeking now. 
One of the things that Riso and Hudson point out in Wisdom of the Enneagram is that it's not just the external world for nines. It's also the internal world and their own anger and urges and emotional life. Right. That also is being tamed, patted down in the same way that ones do. Ones are very ruthless with their out of control emotion. Mm -hmm. So two nines. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that uh, Suzanne says it is that nines are boundaried both internally and externally. Yeah, there it is. So, so like this is part of where the resistance comes in. We are working. This is why, and this is also why we don't have, we have the least amount of energy of all the types is because we are working so so hard at all times to protect our inner peace by setting up boundaries and making sure nothing comes in and disturbs it. And also to protect our outer peace by keeping the people around us happy and comfortable and making sure there isn't, we're not entering into conflictual situations. We're boundaried internally and externally. And it means we're always working really, really hard and resisting what's happening to try and keep the peace. This seems to me to be a great way to understand the difference between nines and eights. If it were the case, you only had one tool and it was the future. Your life is going to look a lot like an eight. If you only had one tool and it was only the past, your life might look a lot like a nine for getting what, what you want most. Yeah. Both eights and nines want control. Both eights and nines are breathing in the world in the present moment, but they only got one tool. Right. And so if all you have is the past to work from, what does it look like in terms of your, your experience in the world? Right. It looks like a lot of rest and, <laughs> and, uh, collecting a lot of stuff and neglecting things that are, are important. <laughs> uh, so we talk about ones, twos and sixes, not productive thinking mm-hmm. fours, fives and nines don't do productive doing. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, again, a great example of resistance to the present is that I will focus all of my energy on things that don't matter instead of doing the things that I have to get done right now. Yep. And, like, that's that's how we narcotize. I've, I've talked about the cups full of necklace chains before, like, like focusing the energy on something that I don't have to think about is a way of being disconnected from productivity in the present moment. It's control. Yeah. There you're you're able to control the present by withdrawing. Right. That's entirely how you're in nines are in the world. Mm-hmm. And getting what you want. You are getting what you want. You are in control <laughs> in those moments of untangling necklaces. Yeah. Right. And only in that moment. This is actually so Oh, there you go. Um, yeah so the problem with so the thing that we're missing is the future so in disengaging from the present moment by think by engaging in the past actually miss out on the things that are coming yep so i'm focused on a cup on detangling a cup full of necklace chains instead of doing the work that I'm supposed to do, which means that the work that I'm supposed to do is going to sneak up and kick me right in the ass. Nines are fantastic at getting all the work done in a two-hour panicky stretch. Yeah, And and it's going to be half-assed and we're going to be upset about it. This is <laughs> like, this is 
also how anger is tied to our resistance to the present. That's real helpful. Yeah. It's again, uh, a, a way to understand the relationships in our lives. If we love and are, and are in communion with a nine, no anchor in the future. Right. Unless they push, I suppose we haven't talked about the arrows for a while, but unless they push into the tools available in their security number, which is three and their stress number, which is six. So how would that work with the six? It's because we've talked about stance. Mm-hmm. You'd be using the orientation to time of the three in terms of their stance. Mm-hmm. But if you use the tools of the six, you're using something different. Right. You're using how they take in the world. Well, yeah. So fear is a motivator. <laughs> well, and this this might get us into, into the weeds a little bit about security and stress. And I highly recommend going back and finding our uh, our episodes about stress and security. We only spend a year on it. Yeah. Or right. a half a year. <laughs> um, but the when when we go to three in healthy ways, one of the things that we get is goal setting, planning, mm-hmm. that that future orientation, because that's how threes naturally operate. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we can get from three is, or the, the other big thing we can get from three is about acclaim and attention and 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 wanting recognition for the work that we do because nines are not very good at asking for recognition. Uh, and and when we go to six, part of what we get in healthy ways is about asking the questions to be prepared for things that might happen in the future. So the three is about more sort of like goals and plans. The six is about preparing for what might go wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you can get it from both places. Yeah. I think it's, again, the case, knowing that about yourself, this is how you take in the world, how you engage the world. These are the tools that are available, but sometimes you got to go there. Mm-hmm. You got to, it's not going to come natural. You got, especially if you're pushing into the security side, the, I think, I feel like your stress number is always accessible. Your security side, I don't think is as accessible, at least for me. I mean, I, I feel like I got to go there intentionally. I got to create the space. Sure you have to create the space to feel secure in order to get to your security number. You can always be stressed out. (laughs) Uh, At least that's my experience. And for everyone else, I would suggest that, that Jeff actually, because of his oneness, doesn't allow himself to go to security. (laughs) So all the rest of us, I think we naturally go there a little bit easier than, than ones might. (laughs) that, That could be, that actually could be. Well, we'll talk about that here in a second, I suppose. Yeah. Um, if it's the case that you can get there, man, God bless you. <laughs> that's a, that's outstanding. I don't know this about everybody else. I don't, or maybe I don't realize that this is not not the easiest thing for myself. True. Interesting. Man, just get a a good glass and a bottle of scotch, brother, and you'll you pull on those tools. Would that would that help you to get future oriented, like on the low side? I'm just going to get drunk and, and therefore, and, and the future will become a lot more clear to me. Uh, imbibing. I, I can't get drunk. Okay. But tipsy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause tipsy brings up my energy. Ah, tipsy allows you to say, 
I am really good at what I do and people should, 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 t- should tell me I'm better at this. Yeah. Yep. It lowers my inhibitions and brings up my energy. Ah, come on. That's that, that it's, it's entirely possible that that is a me personally. And that, sure. that does not apply to other nines. <laughs> but like when I do shots of tequila at a wedding, I want to <laughs> dance. I'm ready to go. Is that a future focus or your ge- I don't well, know if it's security? Yeah. It's it's yeah. Let's let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> That's good. Uh, last number here is the ones. Resistant to the present, engaging the present. Lots uh, ones have an interesting place on the circle in terms of how they can pull tools in mm-hmm. as well, which I want to talk about. But uh yeah, so describe the dynamics going on in the heart of a one in terms of breathing in, breathing out. Yeah, so we we end the circle and the body triad with uh, ones who, just like eights and nines, take in everything that's happening around them at that moment. It's the energy of other people. It's it's what things are going on in this physical room. It's how do I... Uh, how do I think about what's going on right now? It's all of the information is coming in through their body, through what's happening right at this moment. Mm-hmm. And then they, because they are part of that earning reactive stance, they are also focused on the present moment. For ones, this is part of where their unproductive thinking lives. So they are taking in the present moment and engaging through the present moment and ignoring the future and the past simultaneously. It's all about right now and what's happening right now. And we have to fix whatever is broken about right now because right now is what matters. Yep. Image that immediately popped to mind was uh, the movie Memento. Mm, yeah. Obviously, he can't see the future. Right. But he has no memory of the past. The only thing he can do is tattoo stuff on his body. And and respond to right now. That's the life of a one. Yeah. You wonder why we are so obsessive about right and wrong in systems. It's this. We have to tattoo stuff on our bodies. The systems <laughs> that we are leaning into are those tattoos. The only, the only thing I have to orient myself. And my emotional life that I'm trying to keep in check are are the systems that I can build right in the present moment. Yeah. Well, cause like the sixes, you don't trust the past. That's because your internal critic mm-hmm. has spent all of its time telling you how you've done everything wrong. So why on earth is the past trustworthy when the voice in my head has been telling me all of this, everything that I've done could have been better. That may have to do with going to a stress number at that point. I think there's a lot of four in that answer. Sure. That For me. Sure. Thinking about the past looks like what you just said. Right. And that feels like much more of my, of those thoughts when I'm pulling in tools at four. Mm-hmm. Even, even replaying conversations, I feel like is, can come out of a stress position. It's, did I do that well? Right. And so I'm engaging, did I do that well? That's a, uh, just as I say it, I hear the stress in that. Mm-hmm. And the, the internal critic is saying, of course you didn't yeah, because you're a failure, which is part of being at four. 
you're deficient somehow. That's correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So maybe it's the case that the internal critic is actually just an angry four. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the internal critic is the tattoo artist in some, some parts. Sure. We're going to, we're going to make sure that it's the healthy internal critic. That's the healthy stress. Yeah, it can be. I mean, it can't be the case that, so the world is coming at the one in the present. All they have is to rely on is they really are pushing into their intuitional side mm-hmm. in assessing the world. The critic is part of that because the critic can move from going to the world out there to the world in here and mm-hmm. do a deep dive into every single urge that might be there right. for assessment. And if you, and, but a lot of that is finding the systems that are going to allow you to navigate the world. Well, I, we haven't really said this, but happiness for eights, nines, and ones is about how they feel in the world, how mm-hmm. their bodies feel in the world. There's, you know, we've talked about nines and comfort quite a bit. It's it, eights not being vulnerable. For ones, the crack in the ceiling and, you know, and, and the light bulbs all getting changed, that's about how they feel in the world. Mm-hmm. And, the same systems that they're putting in place that they have learned to put in place for countless decades as they grow into adulthood are simply applied to everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the only way I navigate the world is through these systems. Right. So I want to make sure that everything is sound and that just gets easily. I mean, that, that becomes so habitual. That's a highway for processing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I, uh, I'm saying all this, you know, kind of scattershot, but that's processing out loud, like a one, two or a six. And then I'm going to, I apparently am self-critiquing myself (laughs) now. Um, But is it the case? Okay. So there's the taking the world in through the present, but then there's the earning side for Mm -hmm. ones. Which is about the present moment. It's, it's what do I do right now to gain the, for once the autonomy and control that I'm looking for. And for ones who have created, crafted these systems, it's about earning your way within the system. When I look around the circle, the one thing that doesn't hit me right when talking about control, security, and attention is ones in control. I look at that and I'm, and I always pause and I, and I try and reassess that. Why do ones want control or how does that materialize? Because I think that's important to how they're trying to earn that control. I think it might be easier to think of it as being in control and not allowing evil, corruption, unpleasantness, yeah, whatever whatever other word you might put in here, not letting your deficiencies call the shots. There it is. It's and that's why I need it. It's not about being in control of the stuff out there. I think it's about being in control of the stuff out there. It's entirely about being in control of what's inside you. Right. That's where ones absolutely want to be in control. Yeah, ones are are very, very, very concerned about being corrupted at their core. Yeah. And if they are the ones that are in control and not some evil outside force, then, then they're okay. That right there describes so there's i don't know if you've seen the uh trailer for physical which is an hbo show about a woman who Mm -hmm. apparently gets really into exercise right in the 1980s 
And I just saw it immediately. I said, oh, there, there I am on screen in the, in the leotard. <laughs> but the exercise, the diets, and how you, you know, whatever the one gets obsessive with in terms of order, it's actually not about this stuff out there. It's actually about you being in control of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Can't, if you lose control of yourself, that's the thing that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. I think about this with like a, a recent experience of, of a friend whose parent has uh, Alzheimer's. That is top shelf for me in terms of that's where I'm terrified of. Sure. If I lost my control of my mental acuity and mm -hmm. ability, like that's, that would be so difficult for me or Russell. Yeah. And it's about, and that's what it is. It's about being in control of my inner life. Right. For a lot of ones, the way that that plays out is in following the rules according to some sense of, some indwelt sense of morality or goodness or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. this is why ones will often be described as perfectionists is because you have to have things in in order because this is how things are ordered. And that is comes out of this same idea that because you are so concerned about being corrupted so long as you are in control of your own faculties then you're okay and for a lot of ones that plays out in this like putting things in order yeah for you it comes out in putting your inner life in order more than it does your the things around you. you you don't necessarily have to make your bathroom perfectly clean at all times but it that the same idea is still there oh actually i mean i'm suggesting the opposite i'm real I, I i would need verification from other ones on this i wonder if the clean bathroom isn't really about them realizing their control of their inner life no, I that we're saying the same thing. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. I think that's what so Roar uses that example in his book. When in stress, at least I can go clean my bathroom, right? Right, and put something outside of me into this perfectionist order that I think it should be in. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a sort of turn on the control that I'm looking for, which is about my own faculties. That's what it is. Yeah, it's something's going badly. I'm going to go order the bathroom, but it's not about ordering the bathroom. Right. It's about getting your own anger under control and making sure that you feel comfortable right. in your physicality, but even more so in your, in your heart. Right. It's just behavior manifesting out of this, what's actually taking place. Right. And, and this is, it's, it's because of almost devotion to the present moment. It's, it's because yeah. you don't have the future or the past in balance at all. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Let's move there because that is one of the things that's real interesting about ones is that they, in stress, they use the tools of four who are entirely oriented towards the past. And in security, they move to seven, who, which is entirely oriented toward the future. Right. So they got some real interesting tools to use in terms of their arrows. Right. Uh, talk about 
one's using tools from seven to orient themselves in the future. When ones get into security, they can go get some lightheartedness and some like take it easiness. Some, Mm -hmm. some like the, the, one of the big things about sevens is that they want other people to enjoy life. They want to enjoy life and they want other people to enjoy life. And when ones get into security place, they can draw from that energy and, and, and just go out and enjoy. And part of that is about looking to the future of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Ones also get access to a tremendous amount of creativity here mm-hmm. because the world opens up to them and the future is boundless. Yeah, that mixes with their improvement side. How can we make all the things better? How can my, my family better, my life better, my vacation time better? I mean, as in terms of boundless possibilities. Right. But also, you don't have to make everything better when you go to seven. You can just enjoy it. <sighs> I'll think on that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you have to earn the right for that. And because you're a one, you never quite get to the place where you earn that. <laughs> but if you ever do... That's one of the things that you get to pick up there is that the, the world is boundless and you get to just enjoy it. No, that's true. The, I'm sure I've said this countless times. It's, it's getting into those places of security often means that you're removing yourself physically because, again, much of eights, nines, and ones is about their environments. Mm-hmm. But for ones, extracting yourself from the environment you're in, going on a vacation or just getting out of town, going somewhere where you don't have something that you could fix. Yeah. Becomes a place of high side security. Yeah. On the flip side, going to the past, you can use tools at four. Yeah. When the stress that you experience that takes you to four can be something that like it, it often is about a different kind of introspection Mm -hmm. and uh, self-examination in a way that, that doesn't have it, it almost lets other people into that self-examination like the comparison that you can get at four is can actually be really useful to ones because ones are grading themselves against a ruler that exists only in their head and of course mm-hmm. it's the right one because it's my ruler mm-hmm. when you go to four you actually get to examine a little bit more about relationships and the the way that other people have treated you in the past and the way that you've treated other people in the past and and you can draw on some of that that past focus to to help really bring up ways to move forward that are informed by things that have actually happened and not your own incredibly high standards. Mm. That's a good word. I hadn't thought about that in terms of if you go to four, ones, if you go to four, you can, you'll, you'll realize that there's all sorts of things that have gone quite well in the past mm-hmm. that actually weren't done absolutely pristinely. Right. You know, it's, <laughs> there are all sorts of hiccups on that road. Right. And yet the arrival was, was wonderful. Right. I suppose there's a, yeah, that's a one six overlap there. Mm-hmm. I always like the identity questions for myself at four, the introspection that takes place there. But it's not just where have I 
been that informs the present, but even, you know, bigger picture for me ends up being, you know, like who is my family? What is my origin? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me is, you know, in terms of my faith, it's God has made you for a purpose, but that creation took place long, long, long time ago and has a strong, creative, meaningful energy behind it mm-hmm. that informs where I am now. And I think also drawing on the the heart center there, you get... Mm have the opportunity to get a clearer perspective on what other people think. Yeah. Like not just did I do this thing well, but remember that time that I didn't do this thing that well and nobody noticed. Bang. That's true. Yeah. I wonder if a a lot of ones who are scholars who are pulling into the past are pulling out systems for themselves in the present. That might Mm -hmm. be another high side Sure. A stress number sort of thing. Yeah. Last thing on, on this in terms of what's left out, I, I, I have heard tell from other friends of mine who are married to ones that their one spouse routinely forgets to uh, charge their cell phone. Sure. And this just makes me laugh uh-huh. that the, this is the resistance to the present. I'm fixing the thing in the present moment, but I'm, I'm not worried about <laughs> whether or not my phone lacks charge right in five hours right because that'll be a present problem in five you're hours busy. it's it's present that's a problem for future jeff that's right <laughs> that, that that that's always real helpful for me <laughs> in terms of just know this uh those of you who are married or our loved ones in your life the reason that we're not charging our cell phones is is because of our orientation and time we, we have yep. a real hard time getting out of that yep until we have systems and habits I suppose there it is. I mean, if I have a system in habit, there's lots of ones who have their, perhaps that have their cell phone always charged, but I bet you it's habitual. Right. It's because they created a system and they always follow that system. You got charge your phone tattooed on their chest backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I got, my man. Cool. Me too. With one recording hiccup, uh, we we got three. I loved this podcast. This yeah, was fun. this is this is outstanding material for me. Uh, do you got anything else? Uh, just encapsulating all of this stuff. I would hope that you take away a lot of you, the listener, would take away a lot of great information about your own orientation of time. But if you only took one thing away from this. If there was only one nugget of information that that you took away and did something with beyond this, I would hope that the most important thing would be that you have an orientation of time and the person next to you has a different orientation of time. Mm -hmm. I take in the world around me through the present and use the past to inform how I'm going forward. And I struggle with the future. And one of my absolute best friends in the whole wide world is entirely devoted to the (laughs) present moment. And when we talk, he is concerned about things that are happening right now. And I'm concerned about how the, our past experiences are going to inform right now. Mm -hmm. 
that means that there is a fundamental disconnect in the way we talk about some things. And just understanding that makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. It's a great thing to know. Well said. Complimentary. You have another friend who's entirely in the future. Yeah, That's going to create other a whole new. Is 100% future. For, is, a, is a seven, so it's future, future. And I get so frustrated with him sometimes because he's already moving on from things that I'm still thinking about. Yep. And it's because he's in the future and I'm in the past. And knowing that about ourselves makes our relationship a lot easier. Mm. There's gold here to be mined. I'm sure we'll, we'll return to this over the years and, and reference this uh, idea frequently. Mm-hmm. But this has been ridiculously helpful uh, in my family, especially in terms of naming the problems. This is a future problem. This is a present problem. Let's just name where the problem is located right. so that we can wisely navigate the problem. Uh, just that move has yep. been incredibly helpful or past problem. I mean, I've said that ours, ours have been future and present, but yeah, well, that's what I got. All right. Well, Hey friend, it would mean the world to us. If you take two seconds and give us some stars and a review on your podcasting platform of choice, we had a handful of these come in recently. Um, but you, my, my friend who we, who we, you clearly have devoted two hours to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. We, it means the world to us when we hear from um, folks who just tell others, hey, this is, this is what this podcast has meant to us. Um, so do take just, just a couple minutes to, to help us out there. You can always find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. Shoutouts on Twitter and Instagram are always appreciated, but the best thing you can do is share this with just one person, preferably somebody you love who is oriented in an entirely different point in time, and you don't understand it, but now you do, but they don't understand why you are oriented at the time that you are. And that's what I got, TJ. You got anything else? I got nothing. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And he's stuck in the past. And I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm entirely (laughs) present focused, but resistant. And you, who you are, isn't interesting. Who you aren't, what's what's my tagline here? (laughs) Who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are. And if you're stuck in the future, that's okay. Or if you're stuck in the past, you're just like Marty McFly. That that happens sometimes.